0: Happy New Year to you, from me as well. We are, if you're here for the first time, we are on a journey here as Riverside over this year. So starting in September, we began a year of living life well, where we're exploring what it looks like to have lives that are well-lived. And we've been exploring some practices that Christians throughout history and across the world have incorporated into their lives to help us live lives well. And we're kicking off the next term in that. Uh, And I want to begin with an apology. And the apology is... If all was well with the world, today in your hands, you would have a new printed guide that will take you through this term with all sorts of questions, all sorts of things for you to do. Unfortunately, we had an email from the printers late this week about production issues over Christmas, whatever those may mean, which therefore means those guides are arriving tomorrow, apparently, which is very helpful for us. However, if you open up your outlooks, On the open the first page, you'll see at the bottom there, it says new study guides available. If you need a soft copy, a digital copy this week, it is online. So go to our website. There's the link there or just go to our website and you'll see a little thing to click on to get that. If you need it this week for groups that you're in. Otherwise, next Sunday, you will have in your hands a physical copy of the study guide that will help us through this term. And this term, there's a prayer that goes alongside this, uh, these few things that we're going to be looking at because also in your Outlook, you'll find one of these cards. Something arrived from the printers, which is great. And on the back there, you'll see a few of the subjects that we're going to be exploring from now up until Easter. Starting next week is the whole issue of study, the Bible, which is why John's mentioned Andy's book that he's produced, about how we, at the beginning of a new year, get to grips with the Bible. Maybe we've never really read it. Maybe we've got ideas about it, but we haven't spent much time reading it ourselves. That's what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks, but take that home to see where we're going. And there's a prayer that accompanies that. Hopefully you can reread that, but if not, I'm going to pray it on our behalf now. So should we be still? You may find it helpful to close your eyes and I will pray this prayer for us at the beginning of this new chapter, this new term. Did you ever go on a journey when you were a child or maybe if you're a parent you went on a journey over the last few weeks that seemed to go on and on and on? And if you have children or you were a child, squabbling happens, kicking the chair happens, you'll play all sorts of games. We used to play one about spotting the VW Beatles and you'd punch somebody if you saw one, all those sort of things. But on such journeys, at some point would come the refrain, are we nearly there yet? I have interest. Anyone have that said to them over Christmas? Just uh, Yeah, a few of us, brilliant. And this journey we're on as a church is a bit like that. We're on a journey, and we've not yet finished that journey. We're halfway through it. For some of us, we have begun to incorporate things in our lives where we're noticing some change. For others of us, we're new to Riverside, and we're not even beginning this journey. It's all a bit crazy what we're going on about. For others of us, we're on the journey, but if we're honest, we've become a little bit distracted by the things around How do we navigate ourselves when we're saying, are we nearly there yet? And what we're going to do today is, in a sense, take stock. Because like all cars, what is important is to make sure the vehicle you're traveling is, is in good nick, which is why you have MOTs. And what we're doing today is basically kicking off a way of doing a spiritual MOT. And on your way in, alongside your outlooks, you will also have been given one of these handouts. Could you grab this handout, which has got Taking Stock on the title of it? This will be in the booklets that you'll get next week, but because it couldn't arrive, we quickly photocopied a bit for us because this is important today. Grab that in your hands for now. Don't read it just yet, but I'll take us through it in a moment. Because the beginning of a new year is a chance for us to take stock, to do a spiritual MOT about how we're doing. And if somebody, when you get back to work, or if you've been back to work already, says to you, how are you? What would your answer be? It's not just physical health. How are you? All of you. If there was spiritual MOT, what would that look like? And as we kick off, we're going to look at the passage that John read to us from the book of 1 Timothy. And did you see the key verse in there? Because this letter is written from Paul to his protege, Timothy. He's basically given this task to to teach lots of people about Jesus. And he says these words. Did you see it? Watch your life and doctrine closely. Timothy is a young leader. He has influence over other people. And so Paul says, watch your life and doctrine. But you may not be a leader, but you may be a friend. Therefore, you have influence over people. Watch your life and doctrine closely. You may be a parent. Watch your life and doctrine closely. You may be in a family in which people look at you as the only follower of Jesus. Or it might be that you know you don't follow Jesus and your life is, you're not quite sure where it's going, Paul says to us. This morning, watch your life and doctrine closely. What does he mean? Or watch your life, the way you're actually living? Are the practices and patterns that you have in your life good, <coughs> healthy, wholesome? And your doctrine, literally what you believe. At the beginning of a new year, how important is that? The way you're living your life this year And what you believe this year and the two of course are massively interlinked. I don't know if you've seen these popping up all over the place recently. We've got one that's just appeared on our road. Does it make any difference at all? On our road it doesn't yet. The reason it doesn't is because I think most people see that and think What's the difference between 20 miles an hour and 30 miles an hour? I won't get caught. Let's just go for it. However, if you have ever been in an accident or you know of somebody who has at those sort of speeds, that will change the way you live. What you believe to be true will change the way you live. If you believe going 20 will save somebody's life, you will go 20 miles an hour. What you believe to be true impacts the way you live your life. And we all know what that looks like. Was your house a bit like this on Christmas Day? Where everyone's having a nice meal, but actually what everyone's doing is on their phones, not really engaging with each other. I read something over Christmas in which a child development expert was being asked this question. How did you persuade your child to read instead of playing with smartphones? Their answer was stunning. Children don't hear us, they imitate. What you believe to be true will impact the way you live your life. Watch your life closely. Watch your doctrine closely this year. What do you believe to be true about God? How are you putting it into practice? That's the year ahead of us. That's what we're part of. And the impact for Timothy and the impact for all of us is massive. Did you hear what Paul said? Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, what an impact. For Timothy in his environment, it has a massive impact. But for us in your environment, what's your life, what you live like, what you believe, it will have a massive impact. And so with that said, I want to help us through this spiritual MOT. If you like, this is just a practical thing for you to then go away and spend some time in your world, whatever that looks like, using the questions on this handout as a way of going, like you take your car to the MOT, to just look back and say, how am I doing? How is my life? How is my quote's doctrine? And as part of that, you may know that we've developed this kind of statement for this kind of next season in the life of Riverside. That we want to be a church that reflects and transforms Birmingham because people belong to thriving communities in which they get to know Jesus. We want to be a church that is different because we're in Birmingham than if we were in Liverpool or if we were in Edinburgh. So we want to better reflect the community we're in. And we want to transform that community, not just reflect it, though, because we are riverside, that river bringing life wherever it goes. And we know that's done in a society that is increasingly fragmented in relationships with so many people on their own by a sense of belonging, that we are family, and family in thriving communities, whether it be a community like this, or over at Mosley, or in Word of Hands, or whether it be a community like a community group or a life group of some size, where we really belong, but it's something that helps us thrive in all of our fullness as a human being. And how is that all done? By getting to know Jesus more and more. So the questions on this spiritual MOT are on those five things. Reflecting, transforming, belonging, thriving, and knowing. And you'll see the questions in there. And I'm simply going to go through it now. So that you're then set up and able in your time, maybe even this week on a lunch break. Late in the night when it's peaceful rather than watching news night or whatever it may be because of Brexit. Spending time on your own with God. Asking some big questions. God, how am I doing? How's my life? How's what I believe? So let's go through. The first one is this. Reflecting. We live, don't we, in a fractured world. And the questions in this guide here are simply ways to ask us about our own attitudes towards other people. As a church, we want to increasingly reflect what Birmingham looks like as a church. Which is why we have a number of different gatherings. We want that to increase. change this isn't just a lovely idea but actually it's a biblical command and a biblical normality the more we understand the good news of Jesus the more the way we view other people dramatically changes so there is no them and us whatever the them and us looks like listen to what Paul said to Timothy do you see that That's why we labor and strive, because we've put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all people, not just middle-class white men like me, or whatever that list might look like. I saw this great quote on Twitter over Christmas from this guy. I have no idea who Ed Litton is, but it's a good quote. When churches are inhabited by people who look alike, think alike, vote alike, we unplug the power of the gospel. Our great witness is when natural-born enemies become unnatural-born brothers and sisters because of Christ. That is why the church changed the world. We want to better reflect Birmingham. And so as a result, we have to think about our own attitudes towards people that aren't, quotes, like me. Or like you. And in here, there's simply some questions to help you with that about who you spend time with and why, how you view yourself, and how you view other people. Because if we change our attitudes because we realize Jesus is the Saviour for all, then how can we view others as being less or more than us? So, reflecting first set of questions about our own attitudes. Uh, The second thing is this, transforming. We want to be a church that reflects Birmingham and transforms Birmingham. Right from the very beginnings of Riverside, our heartbeat has been to make a difference in the city we're in. Like a river going through a barren world and therefore fruit pops up and plants pop up because it's life-giving. We want to bring life to our city, transforming it. Listen again to Paul's words to Timothy. Uh, listen to what he says. Godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. He's simply saying physical training is good for you. And at the beginning of a new year, there might be some of us that have got New Year's resolutions about getting buffed this year, whatever it might be. Doing more exercise, going to the gym a bit more, renewing that membership that you used once last year and may use once again this year, whatever it might be. Physical stuff is good. Watching what you eat is good. But godliness, life and doctrine, has value for all things, holding promise, both for now and the life to come. And I love that, holding a promise. It's not just changing you. It changes your world, your workplace, your neighborhood, your street, your family group, transforming it because you live for a different world. And so in this guide, you'll see some questions asking you about how's your life going? About celebrating the good things. What good can you celebrate in your world, in your workplace? And what's missing that you can help introduce in your family? But then what's evil in our culture? that you can help stop. There may be things that you can work towards stopping because it's frankly evil and what's broken that you can help bring to wholeness and restoration so that we're a church that reflects the good and transforms because we're being transformed. So that's the second aspect as you do your spiritual MOT. And the third is this belonging. We all know that in the Bible, God is a relational God. He's not some distant force that sets all in motion and says, see ya. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's relational within the Godhead, let alone towards the people that he created. And we're called to a community. And one of the things in our society that we need so much is that sense of community and belonging. So that even so that the government appoints a loneliness minister. So these questions are simply about the people that we belong to and how are those relationships going. Big questions. By belonging, you know what that means. Who are the people that you're kind of committed to? your family, your friends, your colleagues. How are those relationships going? Because look at what Paul says to Timothy. He tells tells him to set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. With those closest to us, that can be massively challenging, can't it? I was stunned a little while ago when I read the words of Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son, John Lennon, you remember, writing, Imagine, imagine this utopian dream about wouldn't it be lovely if... These are the words of his son. He was a hypocrite. Thad could talk about peace and love out loud to the world, but he could never show it to the people who supposedly meant the most to him, his wife and son. Listen to Imagine now changes things. But the reality is, we know within us all those we belong to, They see the mess, as well as the magic. So how are those relationships going? I love this quote I saw over Christmas. Brilliant. Did anyone else see this from Huffington Post? We've deleted an earlier version of this video that incorrectly describes Sir David Attenborough as a naturist. We, of course, meant to describe him as a naturalist. We regret the error. (laughs) All sorts of images come to mind, don't they? The reality is there's things we all get wrong, And so therefore, those we belong to, how we navigate that mess is really important. These questions simply help us with that. Belonging. Let's consider how we might spur one another on in love and good deeds. So that's the third aspect. The fourth is this. Belonging to what? To thriving communities. The Bible talks about the word blessed. It's a very kind of church Bible word, isn't it? And actually what that word means when we were looking at that series in the Sermon of the Mount where blessed are the weak and so on, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn. The word blessed actually means flourishing, whole, thriving. And these questions are simply a way to ask, how am I thriving in life? in all of life, with what I do in work, with what I spend my time in leisure, with my rest, with my attitudes? Am I thriving? And a chance to reflect on the ways we are and the ways we aren't. Listen again to what Paul says to Timothy. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Train yourself to be godly. I know there's old wives' tales that I believe to be true that are not good for me. There'll be old wives' tales that you believe to be good that you may think are good but are not biblical. And there are things that, frankly, we need to change our mindset on to be better thriving. So let me put a few things out there. Some of us, We'll have an unhealthy view of work and rest. That rest is somehow a guilty little secret that we have to keep a bit hidden. Now, I suggest that's not biblical. God rested when he created. If we don't think we need to rest, what's that saying about our view of God and us? Or our view of relationships. Relationships. how a person we think should, quote, complete us if we just find that right person or we just find that right job or if we just had a different friendship group or a different family group. They would complete us and all would be well with the world. Might I suggest that is putting a burden on somebody that they cannot bear because we're all broken sinners. Thriving. Your view of people, your view of yourself, your view of God. Simply some questions to look. How are you and how aren't you thriving at the beginning of a new year? And then finally, you strip it all away. All those are good, important. But there is one thing that is the DNA of Riverside. It's simply helping people to get to know Jesus and grow as his followers. In Birmingham and way beyond. In other words, knowing him is the thing that changes us. Knowing what he wants for our life. And so, this is the, simply the most important question. This year, how are you getting to know Jesus more? For some of us, if we're honest, we don't know him. But we're here because we're a little bit interested. And he's sort of on our radar a bit. And what we've seen of him or have seen of the community that lives for him is interesting for us. Might I suggest this year, go for it. Really get to know him because you will find your life utterly transformed. Some things will be totally ruined as a result. And some things will change everything for good. For others of us, we used to know him brilliantly, but if we're honest, we've put him on the back burner a bit, and our life is going over here, and he sort of features, he's in the car a little bit, but we've put him in the boot. We're driving. Maybe this year we might want to once again fall in love with the Jesus who died for you and says, you're my child. How are you going to get to know Jesus this year? Because right at the very end of this letter that Paul writes to Timothy, he says these words. His last words to Timothy in this letter. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what's falsely called knowledge, which some people profess and so doing have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all. So as we close, here's my question. 2019, whatever it holds for you in terms of circumstances, will this be a year that we want to say, Jesus, we want to get to know you more and more and more and more.